Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious masked marvel, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against the forces of darkness and oppression. Together with his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, he fights a private war that evildoers everywhere shall know justice at the hands of the Red Panda! This episode, two for one! You look pleased with yourself. Why do I find that so annoying? Hello, darling. Did you have a good trip? Maybe you expected your pipe and slippers, too. Have we even met? Don't you want to know how it went? I didn't read anything in the papers about the end of the world, so I kind of figured how it went. But you can tell me all about it in the car. You got back here nice and quick. I did, rather. Hitched a lift. You know, I ain't in favor of you running off saving humanity from tyranny without me or anything, but at least when you travel with your mask on, I get to pick you up in the Pandamobile. Mm. I almost wish you hadn't. We might need more room in the back seat. Red Panda, you were only gone two days. Can't you wait till we get back to the lair? What? Oh. Oh, Kit Baxter, behave yourself? No, I don't think so. I'd really rather that I meant it your way. We're working, aren't we? We are, in fact, working. And we need room in the back seat because... I mentioned that I hitched a lift home. Yes, she said, expecting the other shoe to drop. Here comes the other shoe now. The other shoe? Is that how I'm billed around here? John! Oh, I mean, the Red Ensign. Don't worry about it. I don't really have a secret identity to give away, remember? Yeah, well, you didn't get quite as much superhero training as I did, but not yelling out real names is kind of a big deal. It was lesson one, actually. It was, in fact, lesson one. I don't know what he was so worried about. I never called him anything but boss. Ah, nostalgia. I hope you're all right in the back, Red Ensign. Did I ever mention being an android? Once or twice. The back seat will be fine. Wait, 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 wait. I like all-star team-ups as much as a next flag-waving, freedom-loving gal, but should one of you boys tell me what this is all about? I thought we might save the world. Oh, that old thing. Dr. Arnott. Always a pleasure. Oh. Hello, Mr. Keller. Good to see you. You're here for an update on our progress, I take it. You underestimate me, Doctor. I am paying for a large and able crew of technicians to aid you in your research. It only makes sense for me to employ a few of them more directly, yes? On the side, I think is the expression. My men, reporting to you. My men, Doctor, uh, bought and paid for. As is all of this equipment, as is all of your research, as are you, my dear Dr. Arnott. As are you. Now, see here, Mr. Keller, there's no need to be like that. Like what? Well, it's just that you seem a little... Impatient? Annoyed? Frustrated? Well, I sincerely hope not, Mr. Keller. 
I have told you, scientific research takes a great deal of time, effort, and resources. And results cannot always be held to a timetable like a railway car. Ah, trains. I admire the analogy, Dr. Arnott. Do you like trains? Well, it's a comfortable way to travel, I suppose. I was always very fond of them from the time I was a boy. Fascinating things. Great power, but uh, great elegance in a way. Look, Mr. Keller, I don't know what my men have been telling Uh, you. My men, Doctor? Yes, well, the prototype is showing a great deal of promise, of course, but there is still a tremendous amount of work to be done to refine the reaction before we can call it a provisional success. And then the real work only begins finding an application for these discoveries. That is not your responsibility, Dr. Arnott. What were we speaking of? I beg your pardon. Trains! Yes, trains. You will indulge me, I hope. It is a pet subject. Of course, sir. Continue. There is great power in a train. The power to move mountains, to shape the land, the future, change the lives of men. I don't see... But... Every part of the train is dependent upon every other part. Each car is independent and yet totally dependent on the success of the whole. It only takes one unit to slow the entire locomotive to a crawl or to pull it off the rails altogether. Mr. Keller... Did you think I was a fool, Dr. Arnott? I don't know what you've been told. I've been told that your cryoplant has exceeded your own wildest dreams of success. Uh, I've been told that its energy needs are less than predicted, but that the fields it can generate are 20% above targets. I have been told that your work is a triumph, Dr. Arnott, and yet still you report only modest success to me. You speak of more time, more tests... More money. Now see here! I cannot accept that a man of science as brilliant as yourself could resort to a shell game for such a simple thing as money, Arnott. I do not think that you are trying to pick my pocket. I am very glad to hear it. It is ironic, given the nature of your work, Doctor, that you should suddenly have cold feet. I don't know what you mean. Yes, you do. You are a man of science, Arnott, and your best and most productive years of research have been marred and hampered by depression and war. Ten years ago, there was no money for anything as frivolous as your theories, and now there is money, but only for tanks and bombs. It isn't fair, is it? Mr. Keller, I must protest! You could have, Doctor. You could have protested when I came to you with this contract, when I offered you the money and men and resources to turn your dreams into reality, to prove your theories correct and claim the glory that was due to a man of your ability. You could have stopped and asked yourself, where does Mr. Keller come by these resources in a time of war? Or uh, what does he intend to do with this prototype when it's completed? But you didn't, did you? I don't think that Willful I... blindness, Dr. Arnott. The treason of a thousand tiny cuts. Now see here. Whatever else I may be, Clarence Arnott is no traitor. No, indeed. And that is why, with your work finally completed, it occurred to you at last to ask yourself what I wanted it for. And should you really give it to me without checking with someone? But who and how... Yes. And so you set about to stall me, didn't you, Doctor? Until you could be certain that I am not a traitor either? Well, yes. Yes, I did. Of course you did. 
But you may rest assured I am nothing more or less than a passionate patriot. Well, that's very good to hear. I... Keller! Why? I am a patriot, Herr Doctor. A proud son of the fatherland. A citizen of the thousand-year Reich. And you are a small, dead fool. Keller! Keller! So sorry, Dr. Arnott. But the train is leaving the station, and there is no seat for you. is crazy. It is, a little. But the sources are reliable. We're taking this seriously. The Nazis are trying to start another ice age? So it would appear. (laughs) They don't think that's a little over the top even by their standards. I'm not sure about that part, actually. But the facts seem clear. It isn't that far off the beam. They've been trying to control the weather for years. So have we. Funny story about that. Remind me to tell you sometime. Oh, good. Nice to see we've invested in the future of cartoonish supervillainy. One of the last true growth industries. You shut up now. Okay, so let's pretend for a minute like I'm buying this so far. The original concept was devised as a solution for the depopulation of Soviet Russia, back when Hitler didn't think they'd be a tough nut to crack. There was always a plan for the enslavement of some of the population, but the transportation of the rest to Siberia was thought to be an impractically large undertaking. Besides, some of them might come back. So you set up a vast climate control complex in central Russia, let it run for a few years, and let the weather do your dirty work for you. Yes. But starting an ice age in Russia or anywhere else on the globe would have an effect on Germany as well. They were willing to risk it. But I don't really know if they had data to back that up or if it was just Nazi bravado. But I suppose they knew they could have turned the thing off whenever they wanted if it all went wrong. So what happened? The Russians happened. The Eastern Front was not the cakewalk Mr. Hitler envisioned. Indeed, it has been the most extreme and gruesome conflict in human history. I've seen some of it. Things I never could have imagined. But Stalin wants weapons and machines, and the Second Front would be very nice. But he doesn't really want corrupt Western superheroes hanging around, thank you very much. Did you tell him you kind of were a weapon and a machine? I did not. The Major would rather I was not captured, dismantled, and turned into a vast army of Soviet battle androids. She's funny that way. She says hello, by the way. Nice. The original Isaitsengriff unit was sent into Russia in the very early days of the invasion, so as to save time. They were killed or captured to a man, and the project was abandoned, forgotten in the larger debacle. It was revived a year ago by a unit we call Project Spoilsport. Oh, I like the sound of this. A small group. Not a lot of resources. Tasked with coming up with ways to make the Earth uninhabitable in the event of German defeat. I hate these guys. I'm surprised they even admit such a possibility. They don't, really. But when casualty reports come in from the front, Hitler likes to march into their offices and scream at them for a while, so they keep their funding. They revived the idea of triggering an ice age and made some progress in their research. And this is when the Nazis got interested in it again. It is. They know we finally have the men and machines in Britain to launch an invasion of occupied France in the spring. But if they triggered an ice event in Canada, and the effects were to overwhelm the northern United States as well... Mr. Roosevelt would have to pull troops out to deal with it. Perhaps. It was also suggested that, were such an event triggered in the proper place, the effects would spread around the pole and begin to take a toll on the Russians, too. Defeat the Russians without actually going to Russia. You can see why the idea has its charms for them. And so the science for the ice plant was dug out, 
combined with the spoilsport research and some advances from the Wetterstörung, and then it was all dropped off the map. Allied command thought the idea had been abandoned. The super services disagreed. But if these reports are correct, if they've recruited scientists, engineers, if they've built their device here, surely they couldn't have kept it a secret. Something this large and complex. That's what we have to find out. We decrypted a signal flash last week from a highly placed German intelligence officer, giving the project final authorization to begin its countdown. Either they know we've cracked their code and are wasting our time, or the Nazis are about to put us into the deep freeze. You know what I hate? Creaking doors. I do, in fact, hate creaking doors. Come on. Should we wait for the red panda? A Sparky? He's probably already in here. But he was searching in the opposite direction. Yeah, he's pretty annoying like that. Down these stairs, I bet you. Wow. Look at this place. Gone. Everything. Like nothing was ever here. Which I guess is also a possibility. Why build a secret hidden complex and not use it? It's an interesting point. So they packed up their goodies and scampered off. Any chance they've just run back under the fridge where they belong? I shouldn't think so. See, I told you. I did not detect your thermal signature. Or your heartbeat. Really? Interesting. Red Panda, this is a third place. Three places that our snitches swear we're getting shipments of materials fit for secret labs, all completely cleaned out. Not completely. I found a corpse that could be the missing scientist, Arnott. Could be. Been dead three days. Also has a bullet hole in his face. I took some fingerprints. This is the first time they left anything behind at all. The rest of the place is stripped down to the wires. Curious. Perhaps. Perhaps they had planned for everything except where to dispose of a corpse. This facility could have remained hidden for many months. By which time it would be buried under a sheet of ice half a mile thick. I have a problem with that. If you wanted to start an ice age, wouldn't you do it a little closer to the North Pole? Especially if you wanted it to affect Russia, too. This is Toronto. It may not be balmy, but Santa doesn't exactly live just next door. It's an interesting point. And whatever was built here was large, but not large enough for the job. If the corpse you found was Dr. Arnott, this is where they built the cryogenic field generator. It literally sucks the heat out of any environment in an ever-increasing radius and uses that power to increase its own capacity. It is the heart of the device, and it appears to be ready for use. What you're basing on? The fact that the Nazis put a bullet in his brain. If he'd simply failed, they would have searched for ways to motivate him. So the device is being built in segments and shipped. This may not all be happening here. Explain. Hide in plain sight by making each of the labs working on the device too small to be up to very much of interest? It's a thought. Which means they could be anywhere, and on their way to anywhere else. We're in a certain amount of trouble, boys. We need to get up to speed and do it quickly. The fate of the entire world may depend upon it. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from DecoderingTheater.com. Yes. Yes, I see. All right, Bomber, you follow up on your end and let me know if you find anything. All right. Good luck. Another one? Yes. In Winnipeg. Another hidden laboratory completely cleaned out. Your Danger Federation is quite efficient. They're very young and painfully enthusiastic, but they're learning. Looks like your theory was right. 
The Nazis are building their device in pieces scattered around the country. But why? If I had to guess, I suspect they've recruited local scientists and technicians to work on the project. Men like Dr. Arnott. Men who would be missed if they disappeared, and who would never knowingly betray their country. Yes. To say nothing of the fact that the completed device would be enormous. A complex large enough to develop every part of it couldn't escape notice for long. But break them up? Vancouver, Halifax, Winnipeg, Montreal... Who's our man in Montreal these days? White Knight. Ah, the mechanical man. You don't have to look so amused. He's not as advanced as you. He'd never pass for human, but he's not a bad fellow. I didn't say a word. Truth be told, John, now that Captain Clockwork is dead, there may never be another one quite like you. We're all getting to be an endangered species, old friend. I think the days where a man can fight crime in a domino mask and a nice hat are coming to an end. You may be right, but the leotards and boots, I don't understand. These kids today. You said it. There is one thing troubling me. Just one? Every part of this plan is dependent upon every other part. Convoys of equipment driving all over the country to a central location, bound to attract attention. And only one would have to fail and the entire scheme falls apart. Your sources didn't have anything to say on the subject? Must be a new wrinkle. Some of our information isn't that current. Oh, yes? Some of it comes from von Schlitz. Is that what you're fishing for? Yes. He's been... helpful. With the new mask, the different faces... He's not sure who I was or why I hate him so much, but he has the sense to be afraid. The first time I saw him interrogated, the Major had him chained to the floor. The last time, he was playing the piano and wearing silk. He's Allied Command's favorite traitor. That must be difficult. I have my eye on the situation. Keep me in the loop. I will. In the meantime, we need to work out the possible shipping routes and the travel time involved, and most of all... We need to figure out where they could all be going, and do it quickly. I have someone working on that. We should have something soon. Who did you get for that? I'm so glad you asked. Baxter! Confounded Baxter, where are you? Is the sign on the door too subtle, Chiefy? Kit Baxter, associate editor? Where did you check first? It's a nice title, isn't it? Mind telling me why you've decided to chuck it all and play traffic cop? Editor Pearlie, it's been a long day, and it's almost sure to be a long night besides. Can we skip the Socratic method and get directly to the rub by your current tantrum? Tantrum? You want to see a tantrum? That was pretty good, but you should stomp your feet more. Baxter! Now do the bit where you hold your breath till you turn blue. This may come as a surprise to you, Mrs. Baxter Fenwick. Oh, here we go. But this is a daily newspaper. We fill up the paper with news, and we do it daily. Well, so far it makes a certain amount of sense, I suppose. Two days now, half my newsroom has been buzzing with bizarre research assignments. All of them originating from your little office. Ain't I a stinker? Shipping routes out of the city, black market equipment rings, missing transport trucks that aren't really missing, heavy equipment manifests for the last four months, eyewitnesses who might have spotted a convoy of trucks headed north by night sometime in the last five days, not sure if those are the same non-existent trucks that aren't actually missing from anywhere, that part wasn't too clear, Editor Pearlie. and my personal favorite, Large land transfers in the Northern Territories over the last 12 months, accessible by major roads. Smitherton has apparently spent the last two days working on this. Two days, Baxter! 
two days, four editions of the Chronicle, and no news! He's on the research desk, Tim. You want I should have him covering City Hall? I want you to show me how this pile of not much adds up to a story and an approximate idea of when. It's not like my column isn't done, Chief. It's not like I didn't cover the mayor's speech and the kickoff for the victory bond drive. I also wrote a swell piece on a hockey game I didn't even see from Hassel's notes. Nice kid, but can't string two words together to save his life. I didn't come to check your homework, Baxter! Tell me what you're up to, or I shut the story down! Don't know the whole story yet, Chief, but there's a missing scientist in it somewhere, and I got two sources inside the coroner's office that say the body they found in a hidden complex in Parkdale last night belongs to him. Body? Hidden complex? Yeah, right here, below a warehouse. And we're the only paper that has it, and nobody else snuck a photographer in either, so we can splash the words murder and exclusive pictures all over the front page tonight, if it helps you. It's a start. Where's the rest coming? I don't know exactly. I needed a desk full of facts to stare at, and I needed them fast, so I borrowed the entire staff. A little. This scientist, Arnott, he was working on something big, and it was all cleaned out by whoever did him in. I have... Reasons to think whatever they took was headed out of the city, and my best guess says north, far north. But if there were any trucks carrying equipment, I can't find them. They wouldn't have used trucks. I'm sorry? Why do you think there are so many factories and warehouses down there? The scenic vistas? The railway line. If somebody was trying to move heavy equipment undetected, their best bet would have been... The railway line! Linking up every major city in the country! Sure! I've always been interested in trains myself. Mr. Pearly, you're a genius. Yeah. Well, hey! Where in thunder are you going? Everything you need on the Arnott murder is in Helen's inbox. I've got a train to catch. This buggy of yours really moves, John. Better than a Federation rocket glider. It kicks like a mule at this low altitude, though. Still, the super services like to get where they're going fast. I'll say that much for them. How do you like it? The whole Red Ensign thing. You know that's the first time anyone has asked me that. I'm shocked. It's a strange place. Two dozen men with costumes like flags who are supposed to also be secret agents. On the surface, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not sure I really fit in. But with your powers of disguise... Oh, I didn't mean to imply that I wasn't useful. Just that I don't exactly fit in. I've never been the chest-thumping type, not really. The Major and the Doctor are there, of course. And there's an Australian I get along quite well with. But it isn't really me. I'm playing a part, doing what's needed, much as I was when I stood in for the Red Panda. I haven't felt like myself since Anne was killed. That'll change. I do not think it will. Can you see it yet? What's that? According to my calculations, we should be close. I don't see a thing. Are you sure we're headed the right way? It's a train. There's only so many directions it can go. Do you think the device is operational yet? Unless they're meeting the final piece in Edmonton, it could very well be. They can only get the thing so far by train. They'll have to go further north, won't they? It's hard to say what the device is capable of. But if it meets the Nazi specifications, it is capable of pushing an ice shelf as far south as New Mexico. This should be far enough north in the long term. Which means if they flip the switch... If it starts up at full intensity, everything around it could be flash-frozen, including us. Which means one of us will have to fly to a safe distance. If the worst happens, there may be only hours to stop the effect with bombers, and the location of the train must be precise. 
I see it. That has to be it. There's only one way to find out. Kit, take the controls. Whoa, cowboy. Since when does a flying squirrel retreat to a safe distance? You're the only one that can keep this rocket steady enough for us to make the jump. It has to be you. Boy, I hate it when you're right. All right, you boys get down to the escape hatch and be ready. I'll open the pod doors when we're over the train. Yes, boss. Got it? I got it. Let's go. I hope you still wear static shoes, John. I do. I didn't think you'd mind. Not at all. I see you switched to boots. Yes. Terribly comfortable. And no controls in the gloves. I just got used to them. I can't believe she bought that. Bought what? She's piloting the rocket, isn't she? Oh, that. It was only a little white lie. And she's been dying to get her hands on the controls since she saw this thing. Okay, boys. We're over the drop. Be careful and keep your radio ring handy. Will do. Why does this suddenly feel like a stupid idea? Because it's a stupid idea? Ah, yes. Let's go. Think they heard the rocket? What? I said, do you think they heard the rocket? I think they heard the rocket. No kidding. Do you see them? Use infrared. They stand out like sore thumbs. I don't suppose you brought another one of those. It's surprising how much of my skill set goes out the window when clinging to the top of a train. Pistols versus machine guns isn't much of a fight. We need to do something. There's two more coming from the back of the train. I could blow the train. How? By exploding. Let's keep that one in our pocket, shall we? Not feeling overwhelmed by options, Panda. Anson, look! What? Are you still on infrared? Look at that car behind us. So? So we're on the top of a train bound for Edmonton in the middle of winter. Why is that car so much colder? Let's go. Dr. Arnott's cryoplant. Did you see? The cars are connected by cables. This device is operational. These are power inputs. I'll start pulling them. No! We need the power. What? The output cables. These must carry to the transmission arrays. Help me! What are we doing? Even with minimal power, this plant could turn this railway car into a solid block of ice. Yes! I suppose. So the car is in the middle of the train. And if suddenly one car doesn't roll like the others... We can derail the train. We can, in fact, derail the train! Help me! Secure these cables to the base of the car. We have the best chance to freeze the wheel solid. I've got it. You call the squirrel and tell her to strafe the train when it goes down. No. She'd want to pick us up first and we don't have the time. Are you ready for this? Almost certainly not. We may have 30 seconds while the power builds. I suggest we jump and then run. A lot. A solid planet left! Red Ensign! Red Panda! Next time, can we team up in Miami? Or Havana? Or, you know, anywhere else? I'm way ahead of you. Let's go! And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! 
This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 92, Two for One, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Christopher Mott, Stephen Burley, Scott Moyle, Ryan Cero, Clarissa Dunederlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.